Meanwhile... Previously on Mid-Valley Mutations. From time to time, Austin likes to visit his good friend Univac so they can play music together. And to get a him, Austin has to climb up the cable that tethers Univac's squirky pod in a geosynchronous orbit above the Chakra Chimp Research Kitchens, so he can occasionally join Oob Radio Salon for their broadcasts. However, during one of Austin's visits, something went horribly wrong, and they were sent hurtling through space, where they realized that there were opportunities to play music for people of the various planets they ran into. With destinations picked by their not very good manager, Johnny, Univac and Austin, with the help of the cantankerous ground crew back in the Chakra Chimp Research Kitchens, have formed the Zero G Mice, and are using their interest in performing to guide their path in life. Now, we pick up where we last left our incredible heroes, hurtling through space, and reminiscing about the different shows they have played so far. We just escaped from a formerly wet water planet called Taika. Hang on, I, I should back up. On the last gig planet, I got this super amazing Keep Everything 2.7 degrees Kelvin cold cup. It officially keeps all of your favorite drinks as cool as the mean temperature of space while somehow not completely solidifying it. The planet, called Ice 9, was 100% ice. Not just covered it, but solid. It was... It was a bit cold, not as cold as I would have expected, but they had carved wired coil heaters into all the seemingly impenetrable ice balls and ice floors, which gave off heat, but somehow never melted the ice. And, strangely, they didn't have any liquid for us to drink. Just slushy, iced, fruit-flavored stuff that never melted. But our gig totally kicked. We opened for a group of incredible audio-temporal wizards called the Trafalmadorians, who somehow stretched their set into lasting a couple of years, while somehow making us all feel like it was only just a couple of hours long. Their lyrics were like, We see all time, as you might see a stretch of the rockless mountains. All time is all time. It does not change! It does not lend itself to warnings or explanations! It simply is! So they could manipulate the time stream or something, I guess. Uh, I didn't take that time wizard thing seriously. I liberated the souvenir cup I got in the white room, which looked like solid opaque ice engraved with a twisted string logo of the cave we played in, weirdly called Cradled Cat's Freezy Room, stripping until noonish. Uh, I mean, who would want to see strippers before noon? Have they even had their coffee yet? Hang on. (laughs) 
as I was saying, we totally killed our set. My superconductor-based gadgets worked especially well in the cold. All the bots did what they were supposed to. Austin was in rare form with his tape-duper devices and monojohns, and the cantankerous ground crew couldn't talk to us. Something about the ice blocking incoming signals? They could hear us, but we couldn't hear them. So, kinda good. After the show, I liberated the souvenir cup. Austin found another. Somehow, all the bots found a few each, and we sprinted to the squirt goop to get ready to take off to our next gig. The next planet on the tour was simply named 104.45 degrees, and according to Johnny, was made entirely of water. Not, not on the surface. All of it. Solid water. Fortunately, the squirk oob is as watertight as it is space-tight, so Johnny said we were to perform from inside the pod, and the watery planet inhabitants would provide us with underwater hydrophones and hydro speakers. Sounded great to me. I didn't have to build some more dolly bots to carry our gear for us. After that last debacle with them all running off with our gear to sell for booze, I was a bit hesitant to build again. And we could sit in the comfortable pod with all our gear plugged in and ready to go. Win-win! As we were approaching the surface, one of the noise bots, after having a few frozen whiskeys in a souvenir always icy beverage cup, decided to open up an external hatch to see how the water inhabitants built their buildings. The bot being somewhat of an amateur exo-architect enthusiast, only a few hundred feet off the surface of a beautifully glassy and endless blue watery expanse, dotted here and there with sporadic pyramid-shaped building clusters, we experienced some odd turbulence, causing the bot to slip out of the hatch, skitter down the curved side of the squirk oob, breaking the cup in pieces on the lower OWNN antenna array on the way and plummeting into the clear blue water below, his activators holding the pieces of the cold cup out towards the surface of the water. A remarkable thing happened. The moment the pieces of the cold as space liquid cozy broke the surface tension, the water froze instantly, everywhere, all at once. From clear blue as far as the eye could see one second to opaque white to the horizons the next, with sporadic white pyramid shapes peppered about. The bot's appendages and most of its carapace were frozen halfway into the ice, his peds twisting frantically in the air. Austin, most of the bots, and I hovered there inside the pod for what seemed like a long time, gaping at all the whiteness formerly wateriness. I found my souvenir drink cooler and examined it under the microspectrometer clarification machine and discovered a small, nearly imperceptible warning label on the inside bottom of the drink chiller cup. Never break cup. Extreme freezing will occur. Keep cup away from water. Never take off planet. Seriously. Signed, the Ice Nine Minister of Prevention of Foreign Solidification. We pulled the hatch closed. I masered to anonymosity what remained of the noise bot stuck on the frozen surface below, and we hightailed it out of Tyka's atmosphere and out of there as fast as the squirk bot could take us. Well, whew, that was just an hour ago. I think I'll go find Austin. I'm still itching to play some music. Maybe he'll have some medicine that will help me shake this cold I seem to have gotten. I'll go check Johnny's list on the way to see where we're playing next. The Zero G Mice Accidental Intergalactic Tour Part 2 Torn from the airwaves of the legendary Ube Radio Salon broadcasts The Improvo Scripted Experi Musical Comedramic Radio Serial from the Minds of Big City Orchestra Univac and Austin Rich Mutations The Never Supersized Always Improvised Radio Experience Welcome 
to another exciting edition of Mid-Valley Mutations. Here on Sheena's Jungle Room. One of those WFMU streams. And oh, man, I gotta thank Mark Time for really putting me in the mood with that uh, Spike Jones uh, double shot that uh, kind of led into this. Uh, and, and, and Spike Jones is certainly uh, the right kind of uh, a mindset that you want to be uh, when, when we start to tell the story of the Zero-G mice. This is a little something we cooked up, uh, myself and Univac. Uh, and, and Univac, I mean, I'll, I'll put a link in the in the um, uh, show notes. Uh, he, he's got a pretty uh, storied uh, career uh, in, in terms of uh, just different projects and things uh that uh, he's been involved with. One of the details that I quite enjoy, considering that we do a lot of streaming radio and streaming broadcasting now, uh, is that uh, Univac uh, helped pioneer one of the earliest uh, live streaming uh, events uh, happening way back when, in the late 90s, uh, when the technology was still not great for doing stuff like that. Uh, and so uh, I just love the fact that uh, you know he's still doing computer stuff. He's still streaming. He's do, still working in radio. Uh, he used to help out on Over the Edge with uh, Don Joyce and uh, whatnot. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just uh, and it makes amazing videos. I mean, he's still a performer. Yeah, he, uh, he did he did a bunch of stuff not too long ago. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'll put some links in in the chat. But uh, working with him is a lot of fun because not only do we get to work together in terms of like coming up with ideas for the show and 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 how we want to like present these goofy weird stories um uh but uh, we also get to work with big city orchestra when we do this uh, uh, both das and nina are very accommodating for our uh weird ideas uh and and, and uh yeah i mean it, it, the, the four of us kind of bounce off of each other and produce these half scripted half improvised sort of sci-fi musical uh, uh, broadcasts. Uh, I, I mean, there's intermissions and uh, we have scripts. Uh, Heather, who's in the chat, has actually joined us for a recent um, broadcast where we did this and and got to uh, kind of see it from the inside uh, because Heather was playing one of the characters. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun that goes into these. Um, but at the core of them are these musical performances and so each show kind of starts with us doing these scripted bits and jokes and things like that. And then eventually it, it segues into these little bits where we, we play music. So uh, that's the premise. Let's hear a little bit more here. Uh, this is uh, Mid Valley Mutations on Sheena's Jungle Room. And uh, yeah, it's uh, the story of the Zero G Mice. As told by the Fourth Sunday Players. And now, please enjoy another selection of Ube Radio Salon, episode number 754, The Tour Diaries of Zero G Mice, slightly edited for this presentation. Tonight, we're featuring some of Zero G Mice's favorite and not so favorite stories from our seemingly endless tour of several galaxies. It's amazing we've lasted this long with all of our limbs intact. Speak for yourself. 
Log Entry. That was the worst show I have ever played, without a doubt. Just terrible beyond belief. I missed every transition. I dropped every beat. I even showed up late, too. Long story. I don't even want to talk about it. I couldn't even hear Univac through the monitors, wherever they were. So I did the best I could, trying to sync up with the vibrations I heard coming through the floor. But even that felt futile. Then I realized I was playing in the attic, above the stage area. At first I thought Univac and his noise bots were just doing another one of their more conceptual pieces, where they hide in boxes or bureaus or luggage as they perform, and I play in another building next door or something. I did finally notice that the only audience I seemed to have was a filthy stuffed Raggedy Andy and his sister Anne shredded beside him, but still creepily watching me, with the red-yellow mop top still grossly intact. I finally made my way downstairs where Univac and the bots were cleaning up what looked like zillions of various sized ball bearings from the backstage area. I guess they didn't even notice I wasn't on stage? Weird. I told Univac I was feeling sick and headed back to the Squirt Cube, so I didn't even know what the audience had to say about the show. I'm sure whatever clip the mic bot decides to include after this entry will only reinforce my off night, no matter what kind of compensation algorithm I might run on this performance. <sighs> I can only hope Univac saved this show in some manner or another. That's where you were. You know, we were looking all over for you. You know, um, actually, I do have a log entry from that day. Um, let me... Maybe this will clear some stuff up for you. Well, well that was a weird show. Oh, uh, Unilog, tour day 77, 26.30.early. Where the heck did Austin go? We just finished our set at the Horseshoe Crab and Millipede Sofa Bar and Entertainment Slab, which went pretty well. A bit more minimal than I had expected as Austin was nowhere to be found, so our set was lacking in drums, samples, guitar, and that odd little tape warbling thing that Austin uses. After the roadie bots rolled in, several thousand weights of steel ball bearings of various sizes stretched into large multicolored rubbery skins, I contact Mike the stage curtains, noise bots, the first two rows of semi-sentient attendees, oddly including Mrs. Helfinger, resplendent in a bikini, and all the bottles that were thrown at us. Setup took a bit more time, granted. I cleared a spot for Austin to set up his gear. He had said he wanted to check out the local cuisine and had been raving about the chilled millipede cocktail since Recto 7, and he wasn't wrong. Those iced millipedes drenched in graphene ranch-style cocktail sauce were amazing. But I was disappointed to find out that they didn't have horseshoe crabs on the menu. Apparently they only had horseshoes, or crabs. The swarm of noise bots disappeared in the first few minutes before the show, of course, and came back completely dripping whiskey 30 seconds before the curtain went up. They do know what helps them make good noise, though. The curtain went up, and Austin's space was still glaringly empty. Huh. But we still had to do the show, though, so the noise bots and I unleashed the rubbery bags of ball bearings on every surface we could slap. FXBot took the hundreds of contact mic feeds, processed them with its complex algorithmic bucket brigade delay systems, then regurgitated the resulting noise out to the audience via the bar club's ceiling-sized speaker array. The noise bots and I scraped some nice soundscapes together, unconsciously syncing to the incongruous, faint, broken, metronome-like music coming from the rafters above the stage. 
It sounded like someone may have been playing one of Zero G Mice's old recordings. I guess the audience liked it. They kept throwing chilled millipedes at us, which were delicious. After the curtain went down, the bots and I were trying to wrangle the zillions of ball bearings that exploded everywhere. And there was Austin. He said he was feeling sick. I wonder if it was whatever he had been eating. Maybe the chilled millipede cocktail didn't agree with his stomach. I hope he wasn't stuck on the can the whole show. That would really suck. Mid Valley. The Zero G Mice. Accidental. Intergalactic. Tour. Part 2. Mutations. Don't call it a rerun. I've been airing old clips for years. And that, that is just a taste of uh, scripted uh, Zero G Mice. Uh, for the um, Tour Diaries episode, we actually did a whole lot more scripting and pre-recording than we normally do, uh, kind of keeping the, the, the live portions of the show, show more to the, to the musical uh, sections, which often kind of end up being drones and things like that. But uh, uh, for yeah, for the for the tour diaries one, we really wanted kind of to uh, write a little more than than improvise. So <laughs> some of those uh, uh, journal entries are a little funnier when you actually nail the the line. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we got more zero G my stuff here. In fact, uh, I think up next we've got uh, an actual more of a of a, of a story episode. Uh, now, I mean, kind of the premise of this is that uh, each episode we usually go to a planet. We play some music. We have some adventures and whatnot. I've played a few of those, and uh, we've got a couple more. Um, but uh, this episode is also going to have a lot of other components in hour two. Um, well, let's get into it. It's uh, another stop on the Zero G Mice Tour here on Mid Valley Mutations and Sheena's Jungle Room. I didn't even really give the chat a, a, a shout out, but we got a pretty good chat going tonight so far. It's a, a post consumer, Chris O, Scott sixty seven, Mister Fab, Coelacanth, Charles, Heather, of course. Uh, but you know, if you're if you're lurking, uh, I understand. Uh, uh, feel free. There's there's a, there's a lot uh, in this episode to chew on, like this. And now, please enjoy Ube Radio Salon, episode number 749, Planetoid Dendrolix Pinocchio's Play Cellulose Grill and Subpar Exertainment Bar. Slightly edited for this presentation. Okay, sure. Uh, thanks. <sighs> okay, uh, down this cantilevered walkway to the left, I think. Why, why do I, why do I feel so itchy? Hey, hey uh, 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 Univac, um, can you can you help me with this? Uh, uh, the gear cart keeps wanting to drift a little to the left. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. It's it's really weird that the Pinocchio's place is situated at the top of this rickety platform, a kilometer above the surface of the Dendrolic, a misshapen planetoid somehow made entirely of wood and paper. This seems really, pardon the pun, sketchy to me. Yeah, sketchy. Sketchy indeed, man. Even weirder when the janky wooden gantry that stretched out to the planet's ionosphere where we were forced to dock. Remember that? 
Like, yeah. I was trying to like land on the planet's surface, and they were just like, "No, no, you need to go to that little tiny janky gantry over there, and you know, don't touch it." Right. Yeah. There's all these rules posted everywhere, and then and that and then that wooden shuttle, wow, sketchy as hell. I mean, I swear, I could see the cracks in the hull where the vacuum of space kept my ass stuck to the splintery bench all the way down. It was rough, rough, rough riding. Ow, man, dude, that's probably why you're so itchy. Oh, yeah, and you know we had to jump between airlocks. Remember that? Through a couple of feet of ionic space, nude? Not without even our slip suits. I guess they really didn't want my shuttle to touch their pod, or their shuttle to touch my pod. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, very uh, very cleanly, uh, very, uh, very tidy, this place. Uh, and then they just sprayed us with this weird something or other. <clears throat> and Johnny mentioned something to me last week about this place. Uh, something about everything here being wood or... I don't know, but I mean, I, I didn't think that he meant... I thought it was like some sort of joke or, or metaphor. I thought it was something. metaphor. Yeah, yeah. it was metaphor. Like, we're musicians. I'm always wood. What are you talking about? Right, 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 right. I'm always ready. Let's do this. That's yeah. right. We're yeah, wood, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. God. We're solid. Yeah, you know, I was yeah. wondering why we couldn't, we, we could only bring the wooden or plant-based instruments, you know? It's just, I just, uh, I was kind of flabbergasted when I read that on the little printout. Oh, yeah. oh dude, check it out. They, they have a recording store here, too. Oh, man, let's pop in for a bit. Oh, yeah, totally. Excellent. That's great. Maybe we can ask the sentient behind the counter what, a, what kind of weird esoteric bands this planetoid has. Oh, weird. <clears throat> Looks like all their music is carved into this thin cross-sections of logs and other kind of Whoa. hard plant material. These are over here are engraved on branches in this section. Whoa. Wow. They, they, That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, they have a section here. Uh, the rotor compatibility, compatibility kits. Yeah, okay, we can hook these up to the OWNN uh, listening gear. And that way we can actually listen to these logs and branches and uh, whatnot. That's cool. They must use like twigs and stuff to sort of uh, emulate the, the really complex 28-pin plug that you need to interface with the OWNN equipment. Oh, wow. The, the spore behind the counter suggests that these here, uh, the, which have sat on the racks apparently for years, uh, but uh, in this quadrant are uh, highly underrated and incredibly talented artists. Uh, and they should be heard by the entire galaxy. Check this out. We got uh, Spongiflora slime mold and the stamens. Oh, hey, yes. I, I, this, yeah, yeah. I think you were talking about this one. Um, and then we also have a uh, we would. W oh, sorry, would we would? Yeah, w good wood, name there. Would we would? Oh, I, I see. Two different woods. Hmm. I want to hear Sorry. that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's another one. Uh, something called the Floral Domination Earth. Hmm. Sure. I like that. That uh, sounds kind of scary, actually. Yeah, um, uh, he, he occasionally qualified as something uh, that uh, we should not worry about in the slightest bit. Hmm, well, you know, the weird... slime molds are taking over our planet, so I yeah. know, I'd be a little worried about that. I w wonder what happens if we play that record or that, you know, wooden recording uh, back home on Earth. That would be kind of crazy. Yeah. But, you know, he says again, yet again, uh, uh, we should not worry about this. Don't even worry about it. Just listen. Uh, all right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we'll put it on. Oh, and check this out. They have, they have a lot of Ethel Merman albums, too. Ethel Merman? What? No way. Isn't Ethel the Merman, the Merman's mom? You know, that surf band from San Francisco, the Merman? 
All right. Ah, uh, that was uh, quite a climb down to the bar. Pinocchio's place. Yeah, very appropriate. Very appropriate. Yeah, that's a pretty witty name. Cause, uh, yeah, everything here is made of wooden paper. That's kind of weird. Johnny was right for the first time ever. I didn't really mm. believe in it. Yeah, although it seems kind of weird that he's uh, right in the wrong way. Or wrong in the right way sometimes. I don't know. It depends on how this all ends up, you know? True. Every last couple of ones, we end up, you know, either getting destroyed or burning everything down or something. So, I don't know. Fingers crossed. <clears throat> he did say that all of our instruments had to be wood, though. And I guess robots won't work down here for the gig either. Like, where the heck do we plug our gear in? Hmm. Good point. Hmm. Uh. Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. I don't know. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. I. I, I really don't know how this what, is gonna work. What about that <laughs> over there? Maybe. Hey. Um. Um. Are you guys zero G mice? Uh, um, yeah? Yeah. Oh, great. That's great. I'm the stage manager, Conifer. We have you booked. Hi. Hey. We have you booked on the Alder stage. You know, it's over here. Some New Sounds is going to be the opener, and then it's you guys. Hey, careful of Vinny over there. He likes to spread out when he drinks. Gets his damn roots everywhere. Watch it. Did you notice Conifer's hair? It looks like yellow kudzu. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's, that's really, wow. The rest of them resembles an aspen grove. Like, like they grew together into vaguely inverse humanoid shape. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, here we are, over here. The brown room is over there. And you can plug your stuff in over there. You know that burl? So plug it in when it's time. Mind the resistance, though. You do only have... Yeah, the resistance. Be careful. Okay. (laughs) You do only have wood, paper, or plant-based gear, right? Our Um. Our contract stiffly stipulated that in the first, fifth, seventh, and twentieth paragraphs. Oh, and it was right under your signature, too. Uh, Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we saw that mm, in yeah. the contract, contract, right? Yes, great, great, great. Right? Then I am also contractually required to verbally reiterate it one more time. So, all equipment, clothing, accessories, including but definitely not limited to guitars, frisbuzzles, keytars, bangers, Affects, cordage, robots, coverings, including skeevies, belts, and foot boosters, cannabolies, macrophonies, etc., must consist entirely of wood, paper, or plant like hemicellulose. I know that's a tongue twister, is for me. Hemicellulose material. So, all plastics meats, metals, silicates, 
exploders, toasters, will, in the span of two hours, be reduced to an incendiary acidic goo. So, <coughs> make sure you check all of your belongings. Uh, incendiary acidic goo, uh, oh, how, uh, that doesn't seem like a good thing on a wooden planet. <coughs> um, what about uh, uh, me and uh, 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 Univac, I assume? Uh, we're, we're made of, uh, of meat. Uh, um, well, uh, well, I mean, I can only verify myself, but I'm pretty sure both of us uh, yes, are meat stuff. Don't be concerned. That's why we hosed you down with the cellulose leisure suit when you jumped onto our shuttle. Oh, that's why I am so itchy and styling. Hey, I gotta run. Some new sounds is going on stage. I'm looking forward to these guys. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. Tonight, Big Nokio's plays Cellulose Grill and Subpar Exotainment Bar. Dendrolics Home. Far Away From Home Music presents First Up Tonight. Running all over the stage. Some new sounds. The, the chitinous children of Chitachi Central performing a moving rendition of their tertiary tribe's official anthem. In three parts. Let's give these critters a big appendage.
hear it for some new sounds. Yeah. I'm still shivering. Ooh. Yeah, I hope all this work I'm doing on, on the gear is going to fool them. So we'll see. Yeah, because I don't have anything made of wood or, 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 or paper or, or anything. Uh, well, you, yeah, you could borrow some of this uh, um, uh, wood panel vinyl stuff that I have over here. Cover your step yeah. with the. It'll look like wood, right? I mean, they, exactly. how serious can they be? Yeah, yeah, they they won't know. They won't know the difference. Yeah, I mean, just like some people come out and like get really excited and spray your stuff with goo that burns everything down, or does it spontaneously turn into goo? We'll find out. You know, yeah. I built a bunch of plant seed and wooden instruments, but how to use motors and wires for some of them? I mean, it would have been really great if Johnny had been a bit more clear on that. Maybe we need to rethink our manager. Yeah, there is uh, no way I, I could have done this show uh, without my uh, micro granny and uh, um, my, uh, my my blip tone. Uh, so I mean, there's just there's yeah, those are pretty much basic stuff. I mean, you you know, you mm. can't live without that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mean, fundamental to your music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a over here this, uh, um, this CDJ tar that I made where um, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's basically the backbone of my sound. So. Right. It's like all CDs, but made into a guitar. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. A bunch of wires and stuff sticking out of it. I love that. Yeah, but uh, now uh, with wood paneling. Ah, uh, right, right. See that vinyl wood paneling stuff? Mm -hmm. I tell you, it's yeah. going to fool them. Everything we, we play is going to look like RCA of the 70s. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, uh, and, and and I guess if we time it right, we uh, we might just be able to finish our set, uh, break down, and get off this planetoid uh, before there's uh, any problems or anything. So uh, we should be good. Uh, when did we get here, anyway? You know, I think all these trees and fungi are interfering with the universal sidereal time broadcast that my uh, chronometer locks onto. Yeah, I was I was kind of wondering about that myself. Uh, um, how do they get the uh, OWNN transmissions out here? This seems like a pretty remote part of the galaxy. Uh, it's all wood here. There's yeah. no metal receivers or antennas or anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just learned that um, on the back of that thermal print that I got from uh, back of the pod from with the, sh with the show info. I found coordinate info and calibration techniques for the Dalek's unique antenna system. You know, just pretty cool. So basically the, the whole planetoid is both a receiver and a broadcaster. Oh. It's very ingenious. So one side they use the canopy of leaves for broadcasting. And then the other side, they use a fungal membrane wo woven throughout the roots as a receiver of the interstellar omniwave communications. Oh, so they can only send or receive depending on the rotation of the planetoid. That's, that seems kind of awkward in, awkward. in a way. Yeah, super awkward. Yeah. That's why the rotational period is so sporadic. It kind of makes me feel like throwing up. Mm, that explains it. I hope you're right about the timing on this. Guys? Not doing anything. Hey, guys. Weren't, weren't some new sounds great? It was so cool to see all those little guys really chittering their organs out. <laughs> well, you guys are up, so make sure you plug in your gear to the proper burl receptacles, like I told you before. Those ones that look like cake should work for your stuff. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks for the advice. Uh, but I should probably stop eating the goop from this one then. It looked a lot like chocolate cake. Yeah, that's a good idea. You might want to stop eating it. 
tonight. Tonight. Yeah, um, so all the sawdust all over is I'm just doing some tuning up and just getting ready for the show. Tonight. 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 Pinocchio's place. Blah, blah, blah. Are here to present from some other place the band already infamous for surviving the battle of the banging bands by sheer dumb-witted survival. Zero G mice. What's a mice? Hey, Pinocchio's Pace. How you doing out there? Ich bin ein Dendrotic! Yeah. Pretty grim. We're gonna get our, our asses out of here. Everything's on fire. 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, this place is really burning down now. Yeah. We'll see you next time. If, if there is a next time, we better get out of here. The Zero G Mice Accidental Intergalactic Tour Part 2 Mutations Another installment in the in, in the continuing story of why the thermal uh, what <laughs> why the Zero G Mice are uh so uh, so well known and so well loved in the seven galaxies. We're talking about thermal printers in the in the chat, which is why I almost said that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's a uh, Sheena's jungle room here. We're doing a little something kind of fun and a little different here. Uh, a, a little project I cooked up with uh, my friend Univac and uh, the, the the folks over at Oob Radio Salon. And, you know, we just heard a, a little bit about, uh, um, you know, a performance at Pinocchio's place. Uh, let's dip back into those tour diaries. Those are always a little bit strange, aren't they? And now, please enjoy another selection of Ube Radio Salon, episode number 754, The Tour Diaries of Zero G Mice, slightly edited for this presentation. Remember that giant egalitarian performance venue we played at? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think I slept through my performance, to be honest. Log entry. It's been a chaotic week after the near miss with a white hole, nearly getting stranded at that refueling asteroid because they didn't recognize our currency, and almost missing that last-minute show because we only discovered, too late, 
that it was actually a month ago, and not a month from now. <sighs> we could certainly use some rest. So, even though we had a show last night, it ended up actually being one of the most restful and centering performances of my entire career. And it has given me a lot to think about in terms of a solo career outside of the Zero-G mice. Don't tell Univac. Suffice it to say, I might be working on some other material in light of the stuff that is currently popular on the Quisp Moon, a body that orbits a star locally known as CD. When we arrived, we were quite confused when we didn't see any moons in orbit around any of the planets in the system. We checked in with our contact, a local named Hayes, who informed us that they called it a moon, but it's actually a man-made planetoid that had been retrofitted for massive music events in something that almost resembles a megachurch back on Earth. There are attached shops and eateries with stuff that smelled sort of like coffee, but I didn't have time to try any. I was equally sad about not having time to stop and try the food. It all smelled amazing and appeared to be a variety of different kinds of things, but I was told that it was all made from different combinations of potatoes and shrimp. Seemed worth investigating, I like potatoes. Shrimp were okay. But the to-go boxes I was gifted after the show did little to recommend the food to other visitors. Maybe it's better ice cold the way they serve it? The food only got warmer and more unpleasant tasting the longer I let it sit around. Anyway, as I learned from the commemorative leather plaque rustily nailed into the giant stone punk rock spike gate at the entrance of Quisp Moon, all-inclusive, echoic stadium and egalitarian performance venue, the locals on all the surrounding planets that could support life surrounding the CD system are all pretty bad at constructing performance spaces, even after developing grants for those who wanted to study the trade. But rather than live with poor sound systems, they pooled their resources and paid for some trans folks from the nearby system to build a kick-ass performance space that was equally suited to almost any kind of entertainment plays, musical concerts, experimental paint mixing, you name it. This place can accommodate it all in a way that is incredibly clever and inventive. Since all the planets work together on this, and since the place is massive and can host many events simultaneously, going to the Quisp Moon for a night out is the way to enjoy yourself locally. There really is something for everyone, no matter what kind of air you breathe. The entire space is reconfigurable, and you only need two people and an app to do it. And it can house either small recitals, where your graduating class can show off all the circuits and software they homebrewed, or a massive show where you want to put on one of those multi-year concerts that just keep going until you get bored, have children, fall asleep, and they get old enough to drive you home. I gotta say, the Quisp Moon might be one of the fanciest places we've ever played, and I was pretty excited to see what we could do there. Usually, I like to do a little research regarding the local customs and ideas, so that when I get on stage, I can make a few references that will get the crowds pumped. You can see it in their faces when you reference a regional brand of bot that they now think of you as one of their own, and it goes a long way toward getting asked to play again. But as I was doing this, I came across a curious reference to the best performance in the history of the Quisp Moon being almost as silent as a grave. And this was supposed to be a positive thing. Something didn't add up. I accessed a few live performances from the Galactic Library, 
to get a sense of what shows on the Quisp moon were like, only to find that both loud sounds and silence are completely disliked by almost everyone in the CD system, except those with incredibly eccentric tastes. If you want to be cool, you need to play as quietly as possible, without becoming completely silent. They call it music you can fall asleep to. All shows begin just before CD system folks are about ready for bed, and tickets to the shows include sleep tube accommodations for anyone who falls asleep while the performance is actually going on. In fact, bands that just play at regular volumes are often booed off the stage. Or worse, I saw one clever wag say online, and I can only imagine what is meant by that here in the CD system. I felt like it was worth having a conversation with Univac about this, and pretty quickly we worked up a quiet set of music to help please the greedy CD people. At times, our set almost sounded exactly like a well-used public library, a review that I now have pinned to the top of a few of my social media pages, I'm sure you've noticed. All in all, it was a pretty amazing show, and we sold a ton of merch that I insisted sounded great at incredibly low volumes. Univac even met some folks who collect some kind of mid-century microchips, and I think he went to a party with them after the show. I didn't see him again until the next day, when he came in with boxes and boxes of microchips that he was excited to tell me all about. Since it was the middle of the night, and we didn't want to wake anybody as we left, we were very thankful to discover we had been already paid, and, provided we can play as quietly again, would be welcomed back any Tuesday or Wednesday that next aligns with our schedule. I've asked MikeBot to excerpt and include a random section of the performance, compensating for, and not including, our less than stellar moments. I'm sure you'll find this is a very different, but very zero-G mice sort of performance. The Zero-G Mice, Accidental, Intergalactic Tour, Part 2. Mid-Valley. Torn from the airwaves of the legendary Ube Radio Salon broadcasts, the improvo-scripted, Xperi musical comedramic radio serial from the minds of Big City Orchestra, Univac and Austin Ridge. Mutations. Successfully evading the local census since our first public in... nonsense from the fourth Sunday players. And, uh, you know, speaking of, we have a fourth Sunday in November, so there's a show coming up soon. I think uh, we settled on the title uh, Novemdrome. But we're... Uh, that might change. So, yeah, if you have nothing to do on a Sunday uh, evening from around 5 to 7 p.m. and, and, you, and you like some of this nonsense, uh, join us. I think I've mentioned this before. We usually get a document going and we start trading back and forth with comments and things like that until we kind of get a good uh, something going. And, and, and then often we'll have like a, a pre-show uh, call where we'll, uh, we'll all get together and we'll... Uh, come up with some ideas there and massage the script 
as they say. That is usually the time when uh, DOS throws out the most insane, crazy part of uh, the the uh, story idea that we then weave in and around all of the other normal stuff that <laughs> we've been coming up with before. <laughs> usually a, a conversation will go like, yeah, so we go to this planet and there's an insect band. And then like DOS will say, yes, and you can't have electricity on the planet either. And we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so that's usually how that, that, that his, his uh, contributions kind of work. Uh, I, I love working with this team because it, it's, it's, um, you know, there was a, a time I was in college where I was doing a whole lot of radio and I was working on uh, my English degree and getting my writing minor. And I thought to myself, how in the hell am I ever going to combine all of these things into something that I can do in this world? And it turns out that uh, uh, knowing a little bit about writing uh, and knowing a little bit about radio is perfect for this kind of thing. Who knew? I swear, I, I haven't been telling that to a therapist over and over again uh, over the years. I promise. <clears throat> anyway, uh, every uh, band that gets together and starts playing shows and doing tours and things like that runs into a problem eventually. And that is that there is a whole lot of time between one show and the next. And occasionally, you have to find ways to fill that time. Looks like we got a couple of uh, other folks who uh, uh, joined in. Uh, uh, H has has uh, uh, popped into the the chat. Uh, nice to see you, H. Uh, Chris unfortunately has to uh, call it a night. So good night, Chris. Uh, I think it's a little later for you than it is for for me. So. Um, uh, uh, yeah, um, good to good to know that you're uh, you're out there doing that. But uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun, and, and 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 I think it's time we get to another bit of the story. We might go a tiny bit long. I'm looking at the playlist, and I'm thinking, oh gosh, that's actually gonna. Well, we'll see. Uh, so yeah, anyway, uh, I might go a tiny bit long, but I know y'all don't mind too much. It's Mid-Valley Mutations here on Sheena's Jungle Room, when we're telling the full, complete story never before heard of how the Zero Gene Mice became the most popular band in the Seven Galaxies and their downfall? Guess I'll have to stick around to find out how that all plays out in hour two. Enjoy. And now, please enjoy Ube Radio Salon, episode number 758, Dead Time of the Tour. Slightly edited for this presentation.
Ooh, really? Oh, really? Oh, oh, oh man, that is excellent. I'm, oh, please, let's open that. Let, can, can we open it now? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, hold on. I knew it was around here somewhere, but finding it in a place this small is surprisingly difficult. You know, for some reason, I'm just, I've been looking everywhere for weeks. Mm. I mm-hmm. just, just finally found it. Yeah, and you say this is your uh, emergency rainy day kit, right? Yeah, you know, I, I I had this weird inkling. I remember a long time ago, I was just hanging out, stuck in space for months and months. And so, you know, I created it with, uh, I thought it was a really, really good idea. I could create this box and it's sort of an emergency box that, that has a bunch of board games, uh, a mountaineering kit, so we could climb the mountain range in one of the hyperspansive storage closets over there. Yeah, nice. some various hand manipulated light flashing devices so you can put it in your face and do that for like a couple of weeks. Piles of snacks that aren't really good for us, doodads and people mm. flitzers. Those, oh man, they really, they just destroy my stomach. 12 kaleidoscopes from a collection I inherited when I did a job for trade to some dude. And oh yeah, there's a bunch of 80s X-Men comics. I figured out I, you know, I would reread the entire Brood Saga, and uh, which was amazing, you know, and yeah. the, whole Fe- the Phoenix Saga. I mean, mm. brilliant writing. I'm telling you, that was the best. Totally. I got a, a bunch of uh, VHS tapes of, strangely, I only recorded USA Up All Night and Night Flight, you know, oh. from like the sort of mid to early 80s. Yeah. Uh, a deck of only 50 cards. Two of them got missing. I'm not sure what happened to them. It's kind of annoying. Hmm. Um, I do have several petabytes of photos I really needed to sort and a pile of Lincoln logs that we could, you know, build simulacra of famous brutalist buildings if you want. I I had a whole bunch of other stuff too. I I can't remember everything. You know, my brain is shrinking. Um, Those hyperspansive units, uh, I assembled it a long time ago. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some old Steve Jackson role-playing games that I used to enjoy as a kid, you know, way, way, way back then there's nothing wrong with that i I have a gaming group back in the mid valley uh we're working our way through a monster of the week campaign right now where i play a detective werewolf that's constantly being hunted by a group of meddling kids for some reason yeah you know it's pretty that's pretty cool i haven't rolled any 20-sided dice or been in a decent decent dungeon crawl for many ages and you know we could probably i might have enough stuff to get a game going Ooh, nice. Okay, the question now. Elven Rogue or Dwarven Paladin? I think the last time I played a really boring fighter. I I pretty much always play nine-foot-tall, blue-skinned and blue-haired warlocks for some reason. I don't know. Nice. For, you know, the last 300 years, I've been that same character. It's very weird. Um, But there's a lot of stuff in here, so there's got to be... There's got to be a box of some old RPG stuff. Let's see. Let me just see if I can get to this re- retro combo lock. Um, we could help. Uh, what's the code again? X76 57 Gargle Blaster. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Cool. We could put on a puppet shower. Oh, um, crap. Uh, what is it? What, what's wrong? Well, it's it's empty. Uh, save for a note, inexplicably written in coffee on like a receipt from 
a waffle house uh and and it says i'm going to clear my throat because this is really important dear future univac this is past univac past i don't want to bore you with the details but long story short i got bored on these outrageously long journeys yeah telling you i really need to get that ftl drive online what we had an ftl drive really yeah like why didn't johnny tell us (laughs) we kept Oh, uh, Univac says, old Univac says, or dear, uh, past Univac says, he kept dipping into the rainy day kit more often than he would like. And well, I, I hope you aren't too bored now because there's there's nothing left. Oh man! Except a couple of words, uh, word search books entirely written in Rigelian. All the rest were blasted into the vacuum of space after the sandwich event. What the hell is a sandwich event? I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he says, which I won't go into, and you've probably forgotten. So I guess that's good enough. You know, Sorry, probably should out. have. Good thing we, we probably had to forget that. Anyway, yeah. good luck beating the boredom. Yeah, thanks, past Univac. Oh, and signed by someone named past Univac, ironically. So that's huh. pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with this person? I think this is a person. I'm not sure who is this past Univac. Uh, I, 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 I've, I've run into him occasionally. Uh, let me see those word search books. <clears throat> okay, well, there's a few that haven't been started yet. Wow, that's a lot of books that uh, have, have already been started. But, you know, at this point, I, I, I think we can safely say that beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to say it, we uh, have reached... Not, 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 not yet, not yet. Oh, Really? I, I, I thought that we were sufficiently o- okay. Will you cue me then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can count on me. Thanks. Well, I can. I, I think. I think. I'm pretty damn sure that we can safely say that we are out of ideas. We've done just about everything we can possibly do, and then as much and more than that. Uh, the figure out cube. why. The Steercube pod has uh, never been cleaner. Uh, I, I finally got all those mistress, mysterious sawdust stains uh, swept up and put away, and yeah, this well, place is a, a, a tidy. Yeah, I've seen those all over, and I, you know, I even caught up on all my last year's correspondence. Except, I didn't really want to respond to that weird, undecipherable letter I got from my auntieac. Remember her? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, she's yeah. she's short. She's really cute. She's got a lot mm-hmm. of buttons, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, but I'm really not sure what she's asking about, unless you do. Uh, there's something about her wig was trying to strangle her or something. Hmm. Yeah, this letter makes no sense. I have no clue what she's talking about. <sighs> and we hmm. still have, let's see. Oh, yeah, she's pretty confusing. There's 36 days till our next stop. Yeah. Oof. Oh man, I'd forgotten it was that that long. Wow. Uh, well, it's been about that long since our last one too. So we're sort of right in the middle. We're in the doldrums, man. Yeah. In the middle. But this don't uh, not, not, not yet. Uh, yeah, you know Johnny didn't really plan this tour very well. And, and you know what? Didn't we fire him? We did. Um, the band clearly didn't review the itinerary very well either. 
or the contract uh, or the manager's qualifications or the background of the bandmate and his thoughts. We could see the, the itinerary ahead of time, that is. Damn that, that, Johnny. Hey, you know, I know how his thermal, I, I know that he knows because I trained him to use his thermal OmniWave InfoFact machine. But, you know, it's neither there nor, nor here because there we're here and at least for the next month we're going to be here. At least. I guess I better get back to making log entries again or something. Yeah, you, you, you know, you you could if you wanted to, but I, I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to do it. Really? Because you, you know what happens if, if you say it, right? The, the, consequences? the consequences? Yes, I know, I know. Okay, boy, this is going to be good. I can't wait. Austin. This pains me to say it, and I know that there's a lot of things that are gonna be terrible in the next several hours, but there's no use denying it anymore. We are very, very, so very, and unarguably bored. You said it, not me, unarguably bored. That is the code word, and it means You've decided that I get to decide everything for what we're doing today. Uh, my man. choice. Uh, Finally. Uh, yeah, well, you did this last week, so, you know, I guess it's my turn now. Okay, um, let's see. Um, How okay. do I ever agree to this? I mean, people say I'm very bored hundreds of times per each deep space mission. It's almost a part of every exchange one has on a journey like this. Hey, Austin, we have a couple of days left to our next gig. I am super bored. Hey, Austin, can I have pizza bites for dinner tonight? I'm outrageously bored. Hey, Austin, I think my tooth just spontaneously fell out of my jaw. I'm so bored. I think I'm going to use these pliers to pull out the rest so I can paste a little toothy smile onto this control panel. I get it. I get it. I get it. And you agreed to the rules, so uh, I'm not going to be too mean to you. It's just the two of us, but um, I think first we're going to have a huge pancake breakfast. That oh, seems good. to be. Oh, that's you know, nice. a, I'll totally do that. That's yeah, that's yeah, awesome. yeah. Good choice. Then you know, cause since we've got so much uh, calories going into us, I think it's time for a little spacewalk. Yeah, you know? e XEV, right? I'm I'm all over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come back, change, get refreshed. And then... No, don't say it. No way, man. I think it's time. Zero-G mice rehearsed. <sighs> do, we, do we really, do we have to? Is it, is, is it time now? Oh, really? oh, oh yeah. I, I think you can safely say the title now. <sighs> All right, I'm gonna go walk over to the spot. I'm gonna type it into his back. He's gonna display the words in a hologram in front of your face. The dead time of the tour, right? But even doing all of that, I'm still bored. Oh, but you know, at least I'll finally get to use these harmonic magnetic vibratory rods from the Shastaroid. They say on the box they are good for re-adjudicating your chakra chimp research kitchen's feng shui, which I hear is quite out of feng shui over there in the kitchens. Hmm. True. True. Well, I, should, we, should we get going? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try out a whole bunch of instruments I've never played before. I sort of dug them out, and some I got in this um, Shasteroid about three days ago that we flew by, and I, I did a mail order, and they chunked it right out at me as we drove by, and it was great. Mm. So got it in the receptor, and you know we'll play that, and 
you know, let's try out some new stuff. Can you, can you give me your, uh, your cue, uh, uh, note cue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, let me let me give you. I'm going to be working in, in a in a key of, of uh, rock pops. So here, let me. Give oh, you okay. That. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that that's all right. Yeah, that, that works. Also, yeah, I also was gonna throw in a, a little bit of a um, big green, you know, because you know you gotta begin, you gotta begin the big green, you know. What I'm saying? Oh yeah. Mm, maybe can we can we do that one later? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we got a boss nova though. Mm, okay. Oh, you know, what? I'm gonna do a tango. Let's start. That's working for me. Is that working for you? Yeah, I, I, it's in the. We're in the key of tango and the key of, of rock pops. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. I can hear you in the monitor. Nice. All right. Well, let's just see what we can make out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you, are you going to start or should I? Oh, I think I already started. Oh, oh, oh. So, pardon. I'll start recording now on the recordio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, yeah. Maybe we want to get Because you never know. I mean, I never do the same thing twice, so, you know, let's just record it. Yeah. It could, it could you know, we could do something with it. Yeah, you know, we'll record it and no one will ever hear it, but we can call it art. I like that. of this. 
Ah, this is garbage. Hi. And I rescheduled my mystery chemical reaction class for this crap. Okay. Anyway, I could be reading some Alan Grant comic books. That new Perec 300 page laundry list. I need a break. Perhaps a taco? back into pretty much the same board people making live experimental frequencies over the OmniWave Galactic Network. Um, you two can hear this if you really want to. I mean, I don't know why the hell you want to, but unless all of your OWNN Etherwave receiving equipment has spontaneously combusted from random boredom, which I have seen happen, actually. Excellent. Yes. 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 I found it. Ah. Oh, what did you find? Ah, it's oh. the keyboard my, my friend Mockhunter bent for me. Oh, yes. Oh, did he bend it into like a, a circle or like an ellipse or like a, a letter H or something? Oh, uh, uh, I mean, it's 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 more like a, an, an X, but uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know. That's a it, fairly it, difficult surface to, to, to bend, actually, yeah. out of a single yeah. object. Well, it, it's it's going to be fun because I, I haven't really played with this one much. And um, but wait a minute, where did all this sawdust come from? I just cleaned this place up like it was spotless like an hour ago. Yeah, um, I've been wondering about that too. It's kind of everywhere, but I I have a solution for that. I'll tell you later though. Do, but you know, right now I just I really don't want to I don't want to rehearse anymore. I mean, it's like, do we really have to? I know I said the forbidden phrase, but maybe we could do something else. Like, I, I could make you a sandwich. But, I mean, I think we only have that curdled fungus spread left. Just, that might, you know, be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it has a really amazing sheen of multicolors. It's quite quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we could also try to fix that squeaky hinge on the sliding door to your part of the Squirku pod. That has been driving me, you know, nuts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's been funny is all the bots, the audio bots have been running around sampling that at different times of the day, and they're making these weird compositions out of it, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Nice. Um, I could just knock my head against a control panel and fall unconscious or something. I mean, that that actually may be worth a shot. I haven't tried that one yet. Uh, you really don't like the practice? What's up with that? I mean, some trauma from a previous life or another band that wronged you in some way? Uh, oh, uh, or maybe you were humiliated at a rehearsal many years ago, and it haunts you to this day. Spill the beans, yo. What's up? Yeah, nothing like that. I just tend to get distracted and then I start munging code and then I can't remember who was in that one episode of that Scanner Darkly sitcom. Makes me think of all the things I need to lift from that Asian market. And then, you know, suddenly I'm completely in a different key and I'm playing the Omniway fax printer instead of my keyboard or or you know, the drums from this machine is, is some, suddenly coming out of the machine from over there. And it's very weird. And then not when I'm, I, I just, you know, I need to sort of have control over the chaos. Um, I don't like to do the same thing twice. I never like to repeat. So like, you know, what's the point of rehearsing? I'm never going to make these noises in that particular sequence ever again. Hmm. I, I, you know, um, 
Uh, I think it was George Went. George Went where? Uh, oh, no, the, 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 the person in uh, Scanner Darkly sitcom. Oh, George Went to Scanner Darkly? Are you sure? I thought it was Wayne Knight. Uh, oh, oh maybe. maybe. Uh, who, who knows? Who knows? Uh, never mind. For the point, it's point. We'll have to watch it again and we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I meant for the 11th time in a row. Yeah, probably the 50th time. What do you mean? I keep yeah. mind wiping the last few days, so I just don't have to remember any of this. Oh, that's a good... Hmm. Okay, well, uh, any, anyway, uh, uh, that's, that's the point. Uh, 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 we should get back to this. It's been like a month since we've jammed last. I mean, we really should practice more. Yeah, it feels like a lot longer than a month. Wow. Are you sure you don't need some quadratic equation, equation solved? You know, I'm pretty good at that. Well, I mean, I have bots to do that for me. They're quadratic bots, but, you know, I used to do it, be able to do it by myself, but, you know, that was well before the boredom reduced my brain folds. Hmm. Not unless those equations can solve the mystery of the sawdust that's all around us. Oh, yeah, 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 sawdust. I totally solved that one. I know what's up with the sawdust. Really? Yeah, it's a total side effect of the transparent cellulose leisure suits we got. Remember they sprayed them on us in that dendrolic planet a couple of months ago? So I finally managed to figure out how they work, which is both ingenious and pretty much disgusting. Oh, and uh, you're going to tell me all about it, aren't you? Maybe. Turns out the suits process our waste products into energy like quite rapidly, as you and I can both attest. I mean, wow. Uh, I hardly feel any sweat, pee, or, you know, waste, uh, which re it renews their molecular structure and it, it keeps the energy levels consistent so we could breathe and process and, you know, we could walk out into space with these. Um, however, in a, in a sort of feedback loop, loop, some of that energy ends up producing this fine side sawdust byproduct. It's sort of sheds all over the squirt goo pod and it gets into every crevice. I have been cleaning that out in the cleaning bots and the navigation bot and, uh, you know, all of the exterior bots, all those guys are just, they're constantly scraping this, this crazy fine sawdust out of everything. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's actually our leavings, <clears throat> which is kind of disgusting. You know, it's like, it's processing our body waste and converting it into cellulose waste. Um, but I was finally able to prize that cellulose leisure suit off me um, and its fine sawdust expulsion processor. So, you know, I feel a little naked. That's okay. But the worst part is I feel much, much less styly now. And I have to use the head again to manually expunge my bodily waste, which is a big drag. Yeah. I, I can remove yours if you, if you want. Um, it, it does involve the forward maser array and some mayonnaise. Wow, uh, that managed to both be uh, grosser and more informative than I could have ever imagined. Ew, and huh. Yeah. And um, I did notice that you were a little bit less stylish these days. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just wearing my regular jumpsuit that's transparent. So, you know, it's a little styly, but it's kind of, yeah. I am proud of myself, however, to be able to summarize the, like really complicated biological processes in a couple of sentences with my reduced mental capacity due to the object boredom making the folds in my head. Like, I think I have three or four, four folds in my head, in my uh, brain now. So I'm, I'm running at like 2%. Um, clearly someone in this pod has gone to junior college, you know, I, I, I thought we, we met in college. 
then my statement's still true. For that, I think you owe me at least another 30 minutes of rehearsal. And, 30 I'll, cons- and I'll consider your offer to remove my cellulose leisure suit. Uh, I'm a bit phobic of mayonnaise uh, at the moment, though. Yeah, I understand. Mayonnaise is a little freaky. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, have you ever seen mayonnaise when it sits in the sun? Oh, that—that that is why uh, I'm phobic of mayonnaise. Oh my! Oh. It just—it turns into its constituent parts, and the eggs almost fully form again to sort of, you know, scrambled, coagulated, clotted eggs. It's very weird. Yeah, well, I, I get that, but you know, it, it works really good as a lubricant to remove the cellulose suit. So well, let's let's move. Let's move on. Yeah. We should, you know, I guess you keep insisting that we should rehearse. So, um, but you know, we're practicing. It's just an informal improvisational run through. It's like a musical gathering, a semi-musical noise, if you will. I, I will actually. Uh, so uh, uh, is, uh, is your peanut butter ready or what? Let's jam. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Well, actually the jam part was sort of unexpected, but yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try this first here, just see if this gets us in the mood. All right, yeah, I, you know, like um, mood establishment. Are you plugged in? Oh yeah, can you hear me? Not quite. Oh, okay. Try again. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry, I oh, didn't yeah. have Let me get the recorder. Got to get the recorder started. Hang on. Yes, Hang on. please. All right, so we're, we're, re- we're recording now. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Although you and I will be the only humans or semi-humans in this quadrant uh, here, so, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's yeah, but we, like I said, we might be able to use it for something later, and who, who knows? You know, it's, it's, I can it's, print it's it out a... on the Omnifax, and I can, you know, use it as toilet paper. Uh, maybe. That could be it. We may get that desperate. You never know. Well, that... It's true. We, we, we still have another month. <laughs> All right, let's hear what you got. I guess I should probably say something along the lines of thanks for listening. Uh, that wraps up this week's show, sort of. Wrapped it up in an incredibly boring way, I'd say. Hey, we passed the time. That's what we did. 
Yeah, we took paper that was so boring and we wrapped it around our thing. Howdy, JT. I hope you're not as bored as we are. Well, we got another 36 days to the next show, so uh, maybe we'll practice one more time between now and then. You, you're going to make me practice again? Uh, maybe for that waffle. Yeah, all right. Yeah. We could do it during waffles. I like the I like the cut of your jib. Because, you know, there's waffles. Yes, yes. I'm going to check my email again and see if there's any other messages I can return. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think I'm uh, gonna take take a look at that uh, email from my from my uh, aunt back and see if I can get her all taken care of. Yeah, if you ever find out what she was on about, uh, I think I'm kind of curious. I, I, th I think her wig was infested with nanobots, and the nanobots were sort of, you know, trying to strangle her and repurpose her flesh or something. Huh. So, you know, it's understandable. Nanobots sometimes do do that, and they want to own their own flesh and you know, become sort of human-like. So I get that, but yeah. I, I think I might be able to interject with a couple of little um, code injections. So we'll see. Yes. Well, good luck with that, because uh, we all need our anti-vax. Yeah. I mean, That's no. That's true. We, anti-vax, not anti. Auntie, correct. I anti swear. Anti-vax, anti -vax. Please get vaccinated. Uh, oh no, I dug yeah. myself in a hole. Let's get out of it quickly. <laughs> get anti-vaccinated. See you next time. Uh, unless we see you first. I'm going to hear you first, I bet. The Zero G Mice Accidental Intergalactic Tour Part 2 Mutations And thanks for sticking around everybody who's uh, still with us as we uh, continue the story the epic, epic, epic uh, story of the Zero G Mice the most famous band in the seven galaxies. Now, it, when you have a broadcasting relationship with the OWNN Broadcasting Network, and uh, you become as famous as you uh, are uh, intergalactically, um, eventually you get asked to play some very fun gigs. And, and, and we referenced one in that last bit there, uh, the uh, Sacramento Audio Waffle. Uh, 
<clears throat> or I think um, maybe uh, Univac misunderstood and referred to it as the Sacro Tomato audio waffle. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is an event. Um, I'm quite fond of this, actually. And, 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 and there's one coming up on the 20th of November. Uh, so uh, I thought I would plug it here. Um, and this is one of those things that's been happening for a while. They do this early in the day, uh, on, on a Sunday, usually. Uh, and it's... um. New, uh, starts at 12 noon, uh, uh, and and there are waffles to eat if you go to the event in person. So I just want to put that out there right away. Yes, it's an audio waffle in the best possible way. Um, but the idea is to have like a breakfast show. You, you get some uh, experimental music together. Uh, you, you, you perform. Uh, you eat some breakfast. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and so they, they do this in, at the Red Museum in California, Sacramento. I, as I mentioned, there's usually a cover, but the cover includes the waffles and coffee. So please don't worry. Waffles are a big part of this. <laughs> uh, uh, but but uh, yeah, uh, it, so uh, during the pandemic, uh, they kind of transitioned from this event that you had to go to in person and was live. And then occasionally you'd see some photos and things like that afterwards. Um, to a, a, an event that happened entirely online. And so we were a lot, all kind of making videos and streaming from our offices or studios or what have you. Uh, and, and the event uh, adopted a, a YouTube presence that's uh, quite fun. Uh, and after uh, they started uh, transitioning back to in-person live shows, they decided to keep the blend of video and live performance happening, which I think is an excellent decision. And so uh, if you are watching from YouTube, you get to see the live performances as they're happening on stage, uh, streaming from the event uh, on YouTube. They have camera crews and multiple cameras and uh, a whole production team on it. It's, it's, it's very nice. Um, and then occasionally they'll transition to some video content uh, submitted by a, an artist that can't make it in person. So, I, I, I mean, the, the Zero-G Mice got to play one. Um, uh, uh, Mini Mutations has played uh, 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 at least one audio waffle every year for the last few years. I mean, it's a really cool and wonderful uh, way that we can kind of keep our community together, even though many of us live quite a ways apart from each other. Uh, you, know, you know, Sacramento is just one of the places that we kind of have a little bit of a nexus. But, uh, I mean... There's there's members of this uh, experimental clan spread far and wide. Um, we don't always get together uh, in person, uh, unfortunately. So we had to do it online. Something that I think a lot of us will be doing even more of as uh, time goes on. The Sheena's community knows what's up. We get together online all the time. That's uh, That's our bread and butter. Anyway, uh, I, I, I dreaded uh, presenting this because uh, this actually, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, uh, this uh, this next performance is not one of my favorite ones, uh, and 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I've had to learn as uh, being a part of the uh, OWNN network is that occasionally. Uh, you know, uh, you get contracted to do a thing, and then you start playing, and whatever. It's just uh, how it works. And uh, occasionally, you'll get lucky, and uh, every once in a while, the uh, people at the OWNN network will interrupt you uh, in those kinds of moments and, and, and broadcast something a little more interesting. 
Uh, but instead, I think you're going to have to learn to live with... And now, please enjoy another selection of Ube Radio Salon, episode number 754, The Tour Diaries of Zero-G Mice, slightly edited for this presentation. Oh, 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 speaking yeah, of super tasty. toes. Um, uh, I like toes. Toes are good. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, this kind of reminds me of this one. Hold on a second. Log entry. Finally got to use my electric toes in the show last night. I've been waiting for an opportunity ever since I picked them up at the duty-free store in the Binary Nebula. They had a whole shelf of them at half price, so I got a few pairs and immediately stashed them away in my gig bag. I should mention, as a side note, the duty-free store at the Binary Nebula is sort of a rip-off, unfortunately. Like, it's true, you can get stuff there without all the usual galactic markup, but at this point in history, that doesn't mean much when the manufacturers hike up the prices almost daily. A lot of items just have digital price readouts, and you can watch the amounts change in real time while you walk up to pay for them. Some customers will linger in the line, hoping the price might bounce down long enough for them to make the purchase. Usually, I don't truck with those places at all, but we had several hours to kill before the steer cube would be refueled, and it seems silly to just sit inside while the attendant is watching you through the window, while he pumps and you are reading some star chart. So, given the volatility of the economy in the first place, I was sort of shocked to see the digital toes for sale at all. I heard there were supply chain shortages all the way back to the distributor in every possible timeline. Must have only been a rumor, though. Anyway, since I had them, I decided to go all out and tailor my set to the new gear available. But I discovered, when we got to the venue that night, that this was one of those new venues that was constructed after the recent sanity laws were abolished. In this system, now, all gear must enter through one door in a venue, while the band members must enter through another. And with all the various bots and sentient computers and semi-sentient software that Univac is constantly inventing and reinventing in many cases, it took the staff at the club an inordinate amount of time to sort out who was performer and who was gear. Somehow, I was deemed gear, while three other bots were considered performers. I wanted to challenge the rubric they were using, but instead just went inside so we could set up. However, when we got inside, we discovered that the club had some unusual rules we had to follow. We were now in the Dubal system, and the show was happening at a new place called the Non-Bummer. It was in the Bot District, a part of the city that was more populated by machines than anything else. So the Non-Bummer only allows the gear to dictate how the show goes. And there are stage performers that live at the non-bummer and perform exactly how the gear would like it. Certainly a different kind of show, but I did my best and discussed the matter with the remaining gear from the crew. Since the electronic toes were declared gear, I asked a number of the guitars, basses, and drums that were hanging out in the club before the show if they wanted to join us on stage. After matching a pair of electric toes with an instrument, we had a fairly large ensemble, almost an orchestra. By the end of the performance, Univac and I got to sit in the crowd, enjoying a zero-G mice show that we couldn't have possibly seen otherwise. We decided to celebrate with sarsaparillas all around, a drink that was unfamiliar to the patrons of the non-bummer. Unfortunately, 
we could have sold them the recipe, but a misunderstanding in what was happening that evening led to them taking the recipe from us as payment for the show. To ensure that it's always a non-bummer, the bands have to pay the club for the privilege of entertaining others. As they believe in this system that it's not a good idea to get used to making a living doing something you love. Oh, and they didn't have cauliflower tots on the menu, so I'm not sure I want to play there again. Those electric toes sure came in handy. It was nice to sit out of a show for once and let the audience play for us. Yeah, definitely a non-bummer. I would have liked to have maybe gotten paid for the gig. The sarsaparilla recipe could have gotten us bank. I hear they're charging a fortune for drinks mixed with it. Yeah, I, I, I considered getting a couple of new limbs at that binary nebula duty free. Uh, I always dreamed of what I could do, you know, music and ship operations wise with several new arms. But, but then I found out the reality of it. It, it really wasn't as great as I had imagined. Unilog, tour date unknown. Quarantine day three, I think. 22.45. Whatever. I'm in the third long, boring day of quarantine, wedged into a tiny, hermetically sealed storage bin. Not even one of the hyperspansive storage units. Just a few days ago, we were on our way to our next gig in the eastern spiral arm of the Grand Gone Galaxy taking our time with a leisurely warp, as we still had a few days to burn. The squirt goo pod needed some repairs after Navabot skipped us across some icy planetary rings, as encouraged, of course, by several of the other mischievous bots, and I decided to stop and orbit a small infrared star called Caliphanus 9, part of the sparsely inhabited Chauncey system. Since the natives of the system had infested only one small planetoid and were tiny reptilian bipeds who hadn't yet mastered even the wheel, I felt fairly safe in placing the pod in close geosynchronous orbit above their star while we did the necessary repairs. Also, bonus, the Squirk Oob would be able to use the solar output of the star's frequent infrared flares to accelerate the charging of the pod's internal energy storage system. Fortunately, the repair bots could fix most of the egregious scrapes and cosmetic issues, but the reweaving of the complex metallic structure that makes up the OWNN antenna array had to be done by a sentient hand, by me, as Austin lacked the requisite knitting and textile skills. So, after studying up on my crochet and needlepoint, and learning what the difference was between weft and warp, not that kind of warp, I did an EVA onto the external surface of the pod to fix the antenna. Uh, 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 I, I need to take a break now. I, I need to shift my position in this minuscule bin. And that takes a, quite a bit of energy and organization. Continued, uh, quarantine day five, six dot zero zero dot sleepy. I'm back. It's been a few days squishing in the storage bin before I could muster the energy to continue this log. I also couldn't find my recordio charging cable. 
Anyway, the antenna array repair was fairly time-consuming. I used several reverse picking sticks, some specialized crochet needle nose pliers, a few OWNN-approved spools of number two and number nine antennium pseudo-metallic wire, and a, a pentacular crochet frame to do the initial spider weave central spoke pattern. I had to consult the guide a few times as there were some unauthorized amigurumi animals woven into the plane of the array, their cute little stubby limbs seeming to wave at me while I was working. But the guide mentioned that may happen as the original manufacturers of the antenna array were sugoi suki, bored indentured teenagers, and shouldn't affect the overall functioning of the array. While doing the repairs, I noticed that the infrared ejecta coming from the surface of the star began to increase, several strands of which reaching out and licking at me in the pod. I wasn't too worried. My exothermo EVA suit and the outer insulation of the squirk oob would allow us to sunbathe, or even swim, on the surface of the star. Yes, I have tried it. It is amazing. And a bit sticky. After the repairs were completed, and I verified the scrapes and abrasions to the outer surface were cleaned and painted up sufficiently, I proceeded back through the airlock for a much-needed shower, rest, and slug of Arcadian slop. Before I reached the interlock, I began to feel several intense pressures in my abdomen, back, and legs. I shook it off to fatigue, entered the pod, and depressurized my suit. In the sonic shower, I discovered several lumps extending from the surface of my skin each with five smaller ridges straining as if to break free from my insides. I hastily consulted the guide, and after several false diagnoses of carpal tunnel and or chronic fatigue syndrome, I found that I was stricken with semi-inconvenient, but not necessarily permanently disfiguring, coronal solar virus, specifically SCV-33-9. SCV-33-9 in addition to being super contagious to both sentients and bots, causes multiple extra limbs to grow all over a person's body, or if they already have multiple limbs all over their body, makes those limbs shrink and invert inside. Apparently it's similar for bots. The result to me being that my body's base genetic limbs, except for a decent portion of my right arm, which was replaced some time ago, that's another story for another log, painlessly contracted inside my body, the bones turning somewhat gelatinous, and around 14 new limbs, complete with hands and fingers, feet and toes, where appropriate, quietly but painfully extruded from various other places. Some I don't want to talk about. Fortunately, as soon as I determined the correct diagnosis, I ran for the nearest out-of-the-way storage bin, hoping to land in one of the hyperspansive units so at least I'd have some room to recuperate in. Unfortunately, I chose a regular unit, so here I stay, waiting in the, according to the guide, 18 days in this tiny hermetically sealed unit until the parasitic limbs fall off and hopefully my old limbs grow back. I'm getting far too many multiple arms and legs cramps. The pins and needles are excruciating. I'm not sure how Austin and the bots are faring. I hope they escape this. I haven't been able to communicate with the ship or anyone else from inside this bin, but I did leave a sticky note for them on the outside. I wonder what I should do with the limbs after they fall off. I guess I can toss them into the recycler and they can become next day's meatballs and spaghetti. I hope Austin and the bots were still able to do the gigs while I'm stuck in here. One of the bots mentioned you had to take a sudden sabbatical or something? A sabbatical? <laughs> yeah, I don't call growing a score of new limbs any kind of sabbatical. Apparently the bots can't read. 
log entry. The show last night went okay, but it was certainly harrowing for a while. I was pretty sure we wouldn't even make it to Izzy's inversion for a bit. At first, I thought Univac had abandoned me, all alone in the Squircube pod, to float in deep space and think about all the things I've done wrong, to perform rock concerts and study kung fu, and help small towns recover from the evil plots of terrible businessmen. But as it happened, one of the bots found a post-it note, which mentioned that Univac was on a sabbatical and couldn't make it for the next show. I was stuck, performing alone in a sector I didn't recognize or understand. I was starting to get a little discouraged. Hanging out with Univac in the Squirt Cube is the only form of interaction I get on a day-to-day basis. Traveling with the bots can be fun, especially when the mischievous ones are having a poker game. But how often is that? Once a fortnight? Not often enough, anyway. When I started investigating Izzo's inversion to prepare for the show without Univac, I discovered that it wasn't that far from Oa, a planet I spent a lot of time on growing up as a wee lab when I first joined Starfleet, before I rebelled and decided to follow my own path as a starving, penniless musician. I took a gamble and reached out to some old friends, Justin and Devin, who used to play in a space grunge combo with me when we were still learning to properly pilot exosuit loaders. We rocked the local high school auditorium to all of our peers during lunch every so often, but then as time went on, we had to split up. When I last heard, Justin was bartending on Mogo, and Devin had taken up a texture analysis job back on one of the Martian moons, where he was teaching bots how to feel things. I didn't ask for elaboration. Fortunately, both Justin and Devin were not only available on the night of the show at Izzo's Inversion, but they both still had the matching suits we used to wear on stage as the hyperspaced. We all met at the local bar on Oa, called the Green Lantern, just before the show, to have a few drinks and make sure we still had all of our chops. However, we started to get very, very drunk. So much so that I had to ask the bots to drive us to the show. It made us look very classy to have drivers, and pretty soon the patrons at Izzy's Inversion began to think that we were some sort of celebrity band, especially since we didn't look like the zero-g mice. When we took the stage, it was like 24 years hadn't even passed, and that we were back in those CGHS days again. And, it turned out, we were. Our show was so good that we traveled back in time, to the last time the hyperspaced played a gig. And that gig was great! We were immediately signed to a big contract, and for a moment, we all thought about writing out this timeline to see where it would take us. But the next day, we realized there were things we wanted to get back to, so we had to use all the money we made to pay for a temporal reversal, just so the timelines wouldn't get mangled too badly. After our time journey, there were a few things that had changed for some reason. Justin now had one less ex-wife, and had done a stint in the Space Corps, so they would pay off his student loans. Devin, on the other hand, was two inches shorter, and had some minor celebrity because of a line of YA novels he wrote just after college. And, incredibly, I'm now ten years younger, and seem to be missing ten years of memories, and skills, too. I wonder if I can get that reversed someday. Some of those memories were actually good. Well, a few of them, anyway. This excerpt that I have asked MikeBot to include is during a really spacey jam session where we put down our usual gear and just went nuts with something new. The results are, as you can imagine, pretty fascinating. 
I think we'll use this one on the live album coming out next year. After decades of delays, anyway. The Zero G Mice Accidental Intergalactic Tour Part 2 Mid Valley Torn from the airwaves of the legendary Ube Radio Salon broadcasts The Improvo scripted Xperi musical comedramic radio serial from the minds of Big City Orchestra Univac and Austin Ridge Mutations Not available without a prescription Sorry about that I didn't know realize uh, you were going to hear so many dark secrets about the zero-g mice in that last set of uh, of uh, tour diaries I, <clears throat> I mean you know, there was a bit of a scandal uh, in a number of, of places when uh, it, it, it was discovered that we sat in the audience of our own show and watched our bots perform for us it was uh, <clears throat> yeah uh, Definitely had to uh, uh, deal with that a number of times. But, you know, that is the part of the rough-and-tumble world of uh, being a a zero-G mouse. It looks like we're going to go a little over this week. I hope you guys don't mind. Uh, uh, I want to fit in a couple of of, of little uh, tidbits here and there, uh, um, including the last-ever zero-G mice performance. It's true. But yeah, you know, I could go on and on and on and on. And, you know, sometimes I feel like uh, I actually should. Omniwave Narrowcasting Network brings you a special midday edition of the And and Mike and and Show, live projected on your moon. Everyone look up. Today we feature an exclusive, unprecedented local omni-holographic interview with everyone's formerly favorite musical entity, by some have been called the quietest noise band in the seven galaxies, Zero G Mice. And now, my favorite morning talking bots, And and Mike and And. Welcome to our show, Sentience of the Seven Galaxies. This midday special episode features former galactic darlings, noisemakers, and inadvertent planetoid destructors, zero-G mice. First, let's introduce the mice, at least the mostly organic portion of the mice, Austin and Univac. Greetings. <laughs> Good hello. Oh, oh you, you should have probably gone first, Austin. And yet, in the end... I think we wound up getting there anyway. Bravo. So glad that you both were able to join us from your remote locations. Let's jump right in and start at the beginning. How'd you get the name Zero G Mice? Well, after Univac told me to throw a suspiciously large switch, the Ethernet cable that held his Skircube pod in geosynchronous orbit above our ground crew snapped. By accident, I should add, in case that wasn't clear, uh, and, and that sent us hurtling through space or something or other. I told you to hit the other switch. Good luck proving that. It's not like there's a recording or anything. Boy, were the Cantankers ground crew pissed. And yes, I do have recordios from several directions. You want to see them? Gentlemen, gentlemen, if we could, the name? All right, um... So I had a playpen of experimentally white mice. Uh, I was encouraging them to earn their keep by helping pilot bots, but they complained about the interface, of course. Tiny hands. And when we were thrust unceremoniously into zero G, the mice scattered everywhere. 
floating into every nook, control nub, down my pants, everywhere. I nearly swallowed one. Not on purpose, just, you know, in in the moment and all. <laughs> they didn't taste very good. Oof. Yeah, I, I agreed. Uh, they did sound pretty good. Yeah, the sound of moist. So the situation became the name, became the legend. Zero G Mice were once the most popular band in the Seven Galaxies, but we don't know much about either of your backgrounds, your origins. Austin, we know that you're from Earth, but strangely, that's about all we know. There are rumors that you once worked at a chocolate chip food kitchen soda jerk soda fountain franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually where I met Univac. Uh, <laughs> um, I was his trainee. It, it's kind of funny. Um, while he was tethered geosynchronously above me, he taught me how to milk the spumoni, uh, <laughs> which is pretty tricky uh, and isn't a euphemism, uh, I should say. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, we, we made some unlikely ice cream combinations and used the terribly convoluted credit card and jukebox machines. I might have even left my Chicken Man record there, come to think oh, of it. Oh, man, I love that record. It's a very strange job. Uh, uh, but uh, to answer the question uh, more directly, uh, I, I was born on Earth, um, specifically uh, Mount Shasta, California. Uh, in the city, uh, not the mountain. Oh, oh, and obviously uh, a few years before the singularity, which should explain things. <laughs> ah, the singularity. I still don't think that was real. I mean... Does, Does this, this plot look smarter, smarter than me? Uh, that's a rhetorical question. Like this one? What inspired you to go into traveling the galaxy making noise? Well, according to family records, I've been making noise since shortly after I was born. Give or take a few minutes. Uh, but the kind and quality and genre of noises I've made has changed dramatically over the years in many notable ways. And Univac, we know basically nothing about you. Where are you from? What makes you tick? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit from here, a little from there. Uh, this arm on my back is from the star Calipinus 9. I, I do a regular bi-weekly brain wipe, so I don't really remember much. It's a little trick I picked up from an old colleague, Bryce Lynch. Um, I do have sort of glitchy memories of someplace made mostly of wires with a lot of red mist black brain and frog bots. They were really big. I used to ride them. Sounds like the PDP-11 colony. Relatively close to the home planet of the band. Some new sounds. The insectile, chitinous children of Chitachi Central, which I believe you played a gig with. Huh, yeah. Yeah, I, I stepped on a few. Uh, accidentally, I think. I wondered why they gave me such creeps. <laughs> they were exceedingly dope as the kids used to say. And there were at least a few thousand. You're crying on my nose! <laughs> Back to your origins, Univac. What made you get into noise-making across the galaxy? Well, yeah, I like to build things and, and take things apart. Some of the things make weird noises. Um, one time I took apart a transceptor chronometer gadget and, and I found some really nice hemiconductors inside. I short-circuited them with my shoelaces and attached a speaker, blacked out temporarily, and, and, and here I am on your show, I, I think. Am I on your show? Is it true at one point Univac used to use the name Zero G Robinson, and Austin used the name Vic Sputnik? Oh yeah, <laughs> those were our names at first. 
I think all of my zero G minus HR paperwork says Vic Sputnik on it still. Uh, and some of the gear is owned under his name for uh, legal reasons, too. I kept forgetting those names anyway, so we just went back to Anton and Univac. Austin. Texas? My name. Is what? By the way, I, I've been too embarrassed to ask. <clears throat> it's uh, Austin. Are you, are you sure? That just doesn't sound right. Uh-huh. I guess I now understand a bit more. I think that's the point, if I'm not mistaken. Are, are we... Are we being interviewed yet? Yes. yes. Your popularity really kicked into gear at the semi-sesquipedalian battle of the banging bangs. Yeah! Yeah. We won by default of surviving the destruction wrought by the incredibly popular closing band, Panspermia. Destruction wrought? <laughs> I mean, they destroyed the entire venue. One thing led to another, and, well they just thought a quadrant was a little more spectacular of an explosion. Most of the Space Loft shopping asteroid was taken with it, too. Along with all of our instruments? Fake instruments? So we need to address the Ingersoll Rand-sized elephant in the room. Hi, Bob! No, really. Uh, what really happened with the Colonel bot and his pre-programmed noise bots? Did either of you ever really play instruments? Uh, unfortunately, we are contractually unable to answer that. Just as we're contractually obligated to read the script for this interview. Well, as you know, when the truth came out about the mice being fakers, that the bots were the ones actually playing the noise, and you both were just faking, play-acting at being a fabricated boy-bot band cleverly concocted by the Colonel Bot, the Galaxy Swoon. Never in the history of music has anything like Never. that ever happened. <laughs> Never. Well, I, for one, was one of your biggest fans, and for the first time in 300 rotations, I nearly missed coming into my own morning show when I found out. Awesome! So, what really happened? I used to create and play my own instruments before the mice, but, you know, when Johnny, soon to be our tour manager, who we later found out was actually the Colonel Bot, wearing a vaguely humanoid skin, approached us with a great offer to tour the galaxy, see the stars, and light a few on fire, we thought it was an excellent idea. It's not like we can't play. We played everything ourselves on those early rehearsal recordings. And when we learned of the Colonel Bot's plan to build a new mega boy bot band, we could only get in on the deal if we signed on as the titular boy portions boy. of the act. Which meant we couldn't play instruments, merely stand there and look good. <laughs> At least uh, that was the contract we signed. I, I think we signed it anyway. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is it looked pretty good on e-paper and I've always wanted to travel, honestly. So I, I said yes and didn't really think about it any more than that. We even tried to fire Johnny with real fire. <laughs> But CB, as the Colonel Bot wanted to be called when he wasn't wearing the Johnny skin, threatened to silently replace us with realistic flesh bots to play our respective roles. I didn't think any bot would be able to stand on stage and fake it better than Austin and I could. So I gave in, and we continued the tour. So how did that work? It looked so real. But now that I think about it, 
The OWNN narrowcast we all watched only showed each of your upper bodies. You could have been checking your ether mail as far as we knew. <laughs> yeah, that was intentional. CB sent us to NCOM's Mega Boy Bot Bandcamp, where we were trained in all the sacred pop star arts. You learn musical miming and media manipulation tactics, so interviewers ask you the kinds of questions we want to answer. And our general charisma makes it hard for TV and recordio editors to cut away from anything we're saying or doing when the camera is on. Yeah, even live audiences couldn't tell the difference because we were trained to be just that good at being fake. And you, Univac, Austin, you were trained to play along. What about the instruments you were actually playing? Yeah, the instruments were terrible fakes. Copies of some of my own previous designs made of cheap polypropylene animal skins and painted cardboard. The power cords and the patch cables, they were actually made of colored string. So later I was so angry I built completely functional replicas of the shoddy gadgets and electronic goo that they glue-sticked together for us just to piss CB off. But he still didn't let me play them. I'm actually surprised we got away with it for so long. Our fans are usually more obsessive than that and figure out eerily creepy things about us before we even know it. I, for one, am glad that the filthy charade is over and we can just get back to playing music again, finally. Yeah, I'm also very happy to return to being plain old Univac. Not that guy from that fake disgraced formerly galactic famous band, Zero G Mice. <laughs> Those instruments look so real, and the quality of the narrowcast was always superb. Surely you had help from below, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, that super helpful cantankerous ground crew, yeah. our reluctant ground assistants and unwilling collaborators. Who we yeah. thought were our only connection back to Earth, a communication lifeline to our past, so to speak, turned out to be OWNN employees and had been secretly hired on the side by CB to merely facilitate our contractual narrowcasting and minor technical functions. And they were also under contractual obligation to CB to insert into the middle of each narrowcast all of those awful Jerry of the Circus radio shows in between sets. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh. Apparently that dog, Rags, was CB's nephew and the Jerry Show was one of the many media portfolio properties that CB needed to dump onto the unsuspecting public to fulfill some of his own contractual obligations, if you know what I mean. I thought Garbage. Rags' incessant barking sounded synthesized. Hmm. How about the truth to the rumors of a new album? We gave up on that lame album. I'm going solo. Many mutations got a deal to remix an obscure noise artist for a compilation and a run of 12. And I need to quit everything else and devote all of my time to learning their entire back catalog before I do the remix. Yeah, so I, w I won't have time for the mice uh, very soon, actually. <laughs> wait, 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 you are? Wait, we did? Okay, well then what's next for Zero G Mice? Well, uh, we decided to record one last special, uh, a, a pseudo live set, uh, Mice Music for Mice People, where we actually play our own instruments for a change of pace. We even have shirts made. Sometimes the first time is the last time, too. My, my favorite t-shirt. After the galactic fallout over the live, we were able to nullify our contract with CB. 
he dropped us like a flaming flea due to all the bad legal juju the lawyers collective were omnifaxing him. But uh, we were able to retain the Zero-G Mice name for one last performance as part of our settlement. Oh, uh, and we got to keep all the merch, too, uh, since uh, everything else had already been liquidated. How much I can get for that junk? Probably not a lot. Yeah, oh, the performance will be narrowcast next month for the first, only, and last time as part of some weird intergalactically acclaimed noise festival thing held on a planetoid called, uh, I think, Sacra Tomato? It's in the Northern California land portion of one of the seven galaxies. I think it's near where Austin comes from. Um, a bit south, uh, actually. I, I, I don't... I don't see anything underneath you right now, except for, like, maybe a desk? Is that what the rest of your body looks like? I mean, I really try never to look down! Down! Uh, that is a desk I'm sitting at, <coughs> as are you. Oh, 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 right. We're, we're sitting, we're sitting next to each other. Yeah, right. Okay, looks like that's all the time we have today. We want to thank you, Zero G Mice, Nivek and Austin, for spending time with us. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> absolutely. We're contractually obligated to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. Be that as it may. Thanks. I think we all know a bit more about you both, and I, for one, wish you nothing but good luck in your future endeavors. Uh, I'm just glad the bots can finally play without your slowing them down. Sure to tune in next periodic when and, and Mike, and, and, discover that their hair is sentient and do a real eye-watering yet embarrassing heart-to-hairstyle interview. Mid-Valley. The Zero-G Mice, Accidental, Intergalactic Tour, Part 2. Mutations. I'm sure I don't need to. I'm pleased to introduce the most popular live stream semi-scripted slash semi-improv absurd sci-fi experimental noise group in the seven galaxies, Zero G Mice. I present Mice Music for Mice People, the last known live recording of the mice, shortly before a truth was revealed that both Austin and Univac were merely faking playing their instruments in their sold-out live narrowcast performances. This will stand as Zero G Mice's last and greatest legacy, given freely by the Omniwave Narrowcasting Network to their fans across all habitable sectors of the Seven Galaxies.
We at OWNN would like to apologize for this final and somewhat disappointing performance of Zero G Mice, which was captured off the OmniWave narrowcasting network galactic feed, then highly compressed in order to invade your little eye in your holes by way of your OWNN sanctioned light-up teleboxes at home. We are not responsible for any personal damage this noise may have caused. Well, that's pretty much going to do it for us this week here on the show. We, we went way, way long uh, this time. And, and, and this isn't even all of the Zero-G My stuff. We, uh, I, I cut out a whole episode of uh, that's set uh, a thousand years in the future where they find weird, old, lost, forgotten Zero-G Mice performances. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, you know, that maybe we can run that episode someday uh, down the road. I, I, you know, in case it wasn't clear to anyone listening, I really enjoy working with uh, Univac uh, and Nina and uh, Das. They're all uh, not only uh, excellent artists uh, on their own who uh, each do uh, really cool and weird and wonderful things that are, are just really uh, too numerous to, to get into here. Uh, but uh, in addition to all of that, uh, they happen to be just, you know, uh, fun and nice and, and supportive uh, and excellent folks that um, we need more of that kind of like support and, 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 and joy and, and, and whatnot in, in the world. It's uh, a hard thing to come by. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> the story of the Zero G Mice. Now, you know the rest of the story i i i, I mean i would um only add and I, I i dropped a link into the chat that uh a good portion of that interview and the live performance are available as videos uh and you can uh, see that uh, video it's a link to a youtube link um along with uh, uh eight hours of uh well seven hours i should say of, of, of other video art uh by experimental uh artists and uh video makers and whatnot it's it's a really cool uh uh a thing that we get to, to do uh, every year uh really um and so uh, a lot of people save up their best stuff for that and uh, uh we really uh let loose when we can it's 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 super cool and super fun thank you everybody for joining me in the chat i've had a, a very crazy and stressful couple of days and uh as usual radio is the is, is the fun thing that i get to do in my life that uh centers me let's uh close this thing up here before uh i uh, overstay my welcome you guys are wonderful you guys are beautiful and without you there would be no program be seeing you
Mid Valley. Mutations. Next time on Midvalley Mutations. Can't sleep because of simple nervous tension? Enjoy a good night's sleep and a good bright morning too. Midvalley contains three medical ingredients. Take mutations. Tonight and sleep, safe and restful sleep, sleep, sleep. Take Midvalley Mutations. Come and sleep. Join us as we try to get a good night's sleep and drift off on clouds of music as we do next time on Midvalley Mutations